You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast over here at the Locked On NFL Network, giving you the best news, coverage, and insight into all things Broncos-related. Very stoked, as always, to be back with you guys here once again for another episode of the show. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network, also a columnist for the fan side of Network's PredominantlyOrange.com, as well as the site creator for CodyWorkNFL.com. Over there we do video content breakdowns of everything NFL and Broncos related. You guys can shoot me a follow on Twitter, at CodyWorkNFL. And today, our show is brought to you by our good friends over there at Blue Chew. Find a way to get in the end zone today with Blue Chew, as well as our good friends over there at Body Armor Sports Drink. I tell you what, there are some really, really cool things coming out on the market, revolving Body Armor Sports Drink. If you're not on the train right now, you're going to be left behind. you got to get into it right away. Today's episode of the show, segment number one, we're going to dive into our daily Broncos rundown. We're going to talk about Juwan James and some of the community outreach he's doing. He gave a little bit of an insight as to what the expectations are, interacting with Coach Fangio, Coach Munchak, and obviously interacting with leaders on the team, offensive linemen, Ron Leary, what type of element they've been kind of communicating on so far this offseason as they get ready for OTAs. Now, Ron Lurie, a little bit a ways away out from being back to full health, but definitely being a vocal guy that can help Jawan James pick everything up. And everything's going to be new for the Broncos offensive line because of a new offensive line coach. We're going to talk about the impact of Mike Munchak early on, what it's had on the offensive line, Jawan James, and all the rest of the guys. Segment number two, we're going to take a look at our position camp overview as we get ready for OTAs this week. Rookie mini camp, like I said, starts on Friday. We'll have you covered all weekend as Broncos news kind of rolls in. This is a slow time of the year, as always. But guess what? we got to find some really cool, interesting things to talk about. And definitely we're going to take a look at all the positions that have a major impact into OTAs and development of young players and getting used to the new system that the Broncos are running here. So that's going to be our focus point here on today's episode of the show. So let's dive right into it and let's talk about Juwan James. Now, Juwan James has been doing a lot of community-related stuff. He just spent some time this week handing out by Bicycles, donating bicycles to over 70 elementary age students. And that was one of the things he had a chance to catch up with DenverBroncos.com. He had a chance to talk with them over there and really just kind of give a little bit of an insight as to what's going on in the offseason for him and what it's like working with Coach Fangio already. And he said one of the biggest things that Coach Fangio has indicated is that he wants the Broncos, he wants the players, no matter what position that they're in, to win the first second of the play. And that's, you know, if I put my coaching lens on in this, when I tell my students or my athletes that I coach at the high school level, if I'm going to tell them to win the first second of the play, that means you got to come off the ball with intensity. So if you're a down lineman, if you're a tight end, you got to have your hand in the dirt. You got to be able to reach cross, get that defensive end outside linebacker. You got to climb up to the second level to get that inside linebacker. You know, if I'm a defensive end, my hand's in the dirt. My first step, I'm looking at the ball. Once that ball moves, I'm explosive. You know, you got to win the first second of the play and the rest is all effort after that. So it's about doing the right thing 
things. And, and we go back and we look at what the Broncos did in 2018, even 2017, is they did a lot of good things, but they also did a lot of things that didn't go or coincide with entirely what they wanted with their whole entire team philosophy. And, and they turned the ball over too much on the offensive side of the ball. They left so many drives out there on the field. They had so many three and outs. They punted it away. And you can you know go back and you watch film. You can accumulate that to not only just mistakes made, mental errors, but also just lack of ability to take advantage of any kind of opportunity in front of you. And we saw so many situations with the team last year. It was almost like, what did the Broncos do to piss off the football gods? Because nothing can go right for this team. You know, the defense could play really good, but then all of a sudden the offense isn't playing that well. The offense is playing pretty good. Well, now all of a sudden the Broncos defense isn't playing that well. There was a lack of consistency all across the board. So definitely getting back to basics. We heard it from Coach Fangio in the offseason when he was first introduced. It's about avoiding death by inches. It's about doing all the things right. And Broncos players, I mean, they've been taking everything serious. I mean, they're still, you know, nothing's official right now, but they're still at the training facility every day getting treatment, going through the playbook, going through everything else, working with the coaches and understanding terminology a little bit more. It gives them a little bit of an advantage of head of, uh, the rest of the NFL outside of all the teams who have had new head coaches this season so the Broncos getting a jump on it right now and so for Juwan James coming in as a big free agent acquisition from an offensive line standpoint at right tackle and and look the Broncos have needed help at tackle for quite some time when was the last time if we can all sit back and logically think when the Broncos had a really good right tackle and I you know I can't really think of the last time that's actually happened I think right tackle you know is always you've always had some safeguards in place whether that's playing the tight end to that right tackle side of the field it's been a long time since the Broncos have had a really solidified guy on that offensive line, but the, I, the last great tackle, in my honest opinion, that the Broncos have had was goes back to Ryan Clady, and they haven't had a guy like Ryan Clady in a while, so hopefully with Mike Munchak can come in right away and install, obviously, discipline, and one of the things Juwan James said is he wants to make it to where when opposing players, when they're getting ready to play Denver, they're about to put the film in to watch the Broncos for this upcoming week because they know they got to play them. They want to inspire some confidence in those other players to actually have to work hard and not look at the film and be like, okay, this is an easy game. We got this. We can take advantage of their offensive line. He wants it to where the offensive line gets respect from the rest of the NFL where opposing defenses, look, we need to bring our A game against this offensive line unit, and it's going to be a big task for them. Juwan James, right now the offensive line we talk about is still kind of up in the air right now. Nobody exactly knows where everything is going to go, who's going to play where, there was some speculation about Dalton Reisner playing at you know left guard with Ron Lurie moving to right guard, but I just don't see that right now because Ron Lurie has had such a tremendous impact, not only on Garrett Bowles, but even Jawan James. And, and here's the thing. These guys are developing a really tight-knit relationship, and it almost makes me think, based on the interview that Jawan James did, that when working and talking with Ron Lurie all this offseason after becoming a Denver Bronco, maybe that is what we see when Ron Lurie returns. Maybe we see him bump to right guard with Connor McGovern at the center position, Dalton Reisner at the left guard alongside Garrett Bowles and you know what this could be a freaky freaky blueprint that Mike Munchak is trying to construct at his own hands with obviously the knowledge and the experience he's had in constructing offensive lines nasty tenacious discipline that's the number one thing that I've seen with Mike Munchak's offense lines it is an offensive mentality of technique 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 and discipline those two things it doesn't matter how much talent you have when you're going against these pass rushers in the AFC West if you have technique and you have discipline 
one, you can have an advantage. It's all about identifying what your weaknesses are, strengthening those things. And Mike Munchak is so, so good at doing that very dynamic thing with his offensive line. So that's one element of what he can bring to this Broncos offensive side of the ball under a new offensive system with offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello. Can he do that? Can he give Joe Flacco enough time to throw the football? And can it be solidified enough to where you can allow Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay to continue to run wild? I think the Broncos have a good formula in place, but now it's just got to be on the field. They got to get it together. They got to install it and they got to execute it. They got to run a lot of options. Now, look, they're going to have a lot of time to install. You have training camp, you have OTAs, and then you have mandatory minicamp coming up in June. Then the Broncos will be off for probably about a month, and then they're going to head into training camp in somewhere around mid-July, and then bam, it's just like that. You have the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game against the Falcons. No veterans are going to play in that. You're going to see a lot of young guys, but then you're probably going to see more guys week one and then week two, and then you're probably not going to see much of anybody at all week three or week four as some of the other young guys battle for a roster spot or to audition. So really... Broncos football will be here very, very fast, and we're going to be up there close and personal during practice, giving you guys insight onto what's going on on the field, what dynamics we're going to be seeing, how players are adapting to Coach Fangio's defense, as well as Rich Scandrillo's offense, and what it means for the organization going forward. But we're going to get into the quarterback room dynamic coming up here in segment number two in just a moment. But before we get into that, I got to remind you guys about today's sponsor of the show, and that's our guys over there at Blue Chew. So let's talk about sex for a minute. I know. When was the last time you had good sex? I remember the days where you're always able to go at any given notice. Are you having a hard time punching it in in the red zone when you're just looking for a score? Well, guess what? Now you can increase your overall performance and you can get the extra confidence that you're looking for in bed by using Blue Chew. Now, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable, the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that they work. You can take them any time of the day. You can take it day or night. You can even take it on a full stomach because it's a chewable tablet and because they're chewable they work up to two times as fast as any other pill that you take so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises so don't forget check it out bluechew.com and use promo code locked on to get your free offer today from bluechew As we approach OTA's rookie minicamp starting off this Friday alongside OTA's next week, we're going to be closer to one step to Broncos football with minicamp coming up, mandatory minicamp starting in June. Like I said a little bit earlier here in the show, Broncos will have a month off at that point. They'll come back mid-July ready to go for training camp. So we're going through our position overview series as we enter the camp period. And so far, we're going to talk about the quarterback room. We talked about cornerback yesterday and the extensive depth that the Broncos currently have on the 90-man roster at that position. But right now, the Broncos have four quarterbacks on the active roster to finalize their 90-man roster heading into rookie minicamp as well. And so we're going to see a little bit of action this week, Cameron, from not only just Drew Locke, but Brett Rippon as well as they embark on their first stage of learning the NFL playbook with Rich Scangarello, getting out there with their teammates and kind of getting the whole professional vibe on how professional football works. And so really excited to see these guys this week. Obviously, veteran Joe Flacco, we saw him at a voluntary minicamp and, you know, he looks sharp and he's presenting really well. And there was some concern at first initially when, you know, I think a lot of people in Broncos country, when Joe Flacco was talking about, you know, the Broncos don't need to draft a quarterback in the draft because I'm the guy. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure of that. And, you know, at this point, 
it, it didn't seem to me like it was like, wow, if the Broncos draft quarterback, it doesn't say that they have confidence in me. I just feel like Joe Flacco thinks he can do it and that regardless of who they bring in, I know he kind of experienced maybe a little bit of deja vu with Lamar Jackson being drafted and then all of a sudden, you know, questions about his future being put into place. But really, this is Joe Flacco's year in 2019. If he plays really well, 2020 will also be his year as well. So, Cam, you know, let's kind of dive into our quarterback room here. we got Joe Flacco. we got Drew Locke. We have Kevin Hogan, still kind of remnants from last year. And we have Brett Rippon. So what are what are your thoughts on this quarterback room initially? Because, look, I like the two young guys. Brett Rippon could be a potential steal that not a lot of people have been talking about. But, you know, he's a guy that I think you were pretty high on during the offseason when talking about him maybe as a later round pick for the Broncos. And, and fortunately for them, they got him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I, I think it was re- really impressive to see how the Denver Broncos went through the whole whole entire process of even looking for a quarterback. And as we all know, they, they looked for a quarterback. They were rather aggressive with the quarterback position, even before the additions of Drew Locke and, and Brett Ripon and, and, and everything along the lines of that. And so the fact that they got Joe Flacco and, and then by, as fate would have it, Drew Locke falls to the Denver Broncos into the second round. They go and get Drew Locke after the Dalton Reisner pick. And I, the, the thing that I was just rather impressed with even going forward with that, they didn't stop there. They went and they got Brett Ripon uh, from Boise State. And, and in, in all honesty, I mean, do we want quarterback debates, Cody? We really don't. But at, at the end of the day, you also want to have comfortability. You want to have stability. And in one position in particular, maybe the main position in particular for a, a NFL roster, the quarterback position, for me personally, I feel so much more conf- uh, confident in that particular position right now, knowing the fact that they have you know, two collective guys that could be starting for an NFL franchise a few years down the line. And when you have that type of consistency and options. I mean, we saw it with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, when, when, when there was Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, I'm not saying in essence that you're going to be looking at that type of situation or, or, or anything like that. But as we all know, if, if by push come to shove, emergency came to shove, who is going to be this guy that's going to step up, rise to the occasion and, and win you some football games. But in regards to just the, the Brett Ripon pick, I, I, I just really enjoyed him because I mean, the way he operates an offense, the way he moves in the pocket He's very accurate. However, the one thing that I noticed with him that was very, I guess, frustrating was that his accuracy was also his downfall. And it, it was it usually his accuracy ended up being kind of like Drew, Ar- Drew Locke's arm strength. He just trusted a little bit too much. But again, I just feel super conf- confident in this group and where we're where we're certainly headed. But I mean, then again, though, as we all found out with Broncos Twitter, no one really likes a quarterback debate. Every year we get into this whole NFL quarterback debate. And, and here's the thing, too, and I'll continue to beat this drum until I die. I will die on this hill. That Look, everybody is still, I still see the crowds talking about, well, Drew Locke needs to play right away in 2019. But do you not realize historically how many of these guys actually turn out to be good quarterbacks when thrown in right away? In all honesty, 
honesty, Cam, I really can't think of the last time we've seen a guy get drafted, period, maybe in the first two rounds that has come in right away and lit up, you know, outside of the exceptions of maybe Carson Wentz, for example, or even, you know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston up and down a little bit. Recently, we haven't had that dynamic. And you look back at Patrick Mahomes, it was a steal for the Chiefs, and there was the same kind of questions about Patrick Mahomes that a lot of people had based on looking at how he played against bigger teams that you have with Drew Locke, for example. And and that's not saying that Drew Locke is going to come out and be what Patrick Mahomes did. But when you look at film and you watch him, the electricity, the electrifying type play, the moxie that both Patrick Mahomes and Drew Locke have at the college level, I mean, we saw it translate to the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. And, and here was the thing. We saw him up close and personal week 17 back in 2017 where he made his debut and the you know this regular season finale and he absolutely just made those throws where he'd roll out all the way to his right throw across his body to the left side and all of a sudden make those plays well guess what in 2018 we saw the same exact stuff but we just saw more consistency more production as a full-time guy you know in, in Andy Reid's system down there in Kansas City and and here's the thing Broncos fans really like Drew Locke. Don't get me wrong. I like Drew Locke. I think he's a great athlete, but I'm not quite sold that he is an NFL quarterback just yet because he still has to develop. He still has to go through all the motions of of learning what it is to be a pro. And, and what better guy, in my opinion, to have teach you that than Joe Flacco, a guy who has handled criticism, who has handled you know adversity in so many different ways and has come out on the other side of it looking pretty nice at the end of the day. You ask any of Joe Flacco's former teammates, they've been very outspoken about him, how he is a true professional. Even current Broncos teammates right now have been praising and ranting and raving about how Joe Flacco is the first guy in the locker room and the last guy to leave at the end of the day. That's his work ethic. That's his mentality. He really wants to be successful. And just because of how he's played in the past, you have all these people, NFL pundits, you have Broncos fans, you have people that are Ravens fans. I I mean, I'm seeing more love for Joe Flacco from Ravens fans, honestly, than I am right now for Broncos fans. And, and, you know, that's not a shot at Broncos country, but here's the thing. We are in a standpoint of being spoiled in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, John Elway, bam, you have that guy, you go a few years, you have Brian Greasy, you're lucky enough to get Jake Plummer at one point to go on a nice little run there with him, some success, obviously a deep run of the AFC Championship where they lost to Pittsburgh. After that, you get Jay Cutler, you don't sniff the playoffs, you go through Kyle Orton, you have a little bit of Tim Tebow magic. You go through and you get Peyton Manning, and we're blessed and spoiled for four years to have Peyton Manning on the Broncos roster. And and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, here's the here's the quarterback dilemma. The Broncos haven't had one since Peyton Manning. It's hard to replace those guys. I know I've said it a million times. I'm going to continue to say it. Joe Flacco is a good pickup right now for this Broncos team. He'll be a good leader in that locker room. His teammates that he played for in Baltimore have nothing but high praise for him and said he is a tremendous leader. And he's going to do whatever he can to you know help lead the team, help rally them, and be a vocal guy guy and he's earned the respect of his teammates already. Emmanuel Sanders raving about him. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are guys that have been absolutely thrilled with Joe Flacco early on as they have talked with the media about that to all of us. And and here's the thing. Joe Flacco, you can't beat experience. We talk about experience being a major major need in the NFL and outside of the last quarterbacks that the Broncos have had going back to you know Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch and even Mark Sanchez for a little bit. Joe Flacco has very very good experience 
experience. And that is something that I want to see him carry forward. And if he plays great in 2019, guess what? He'll have 2020 to continue to play well. Drew Locke gets more time to develop, and that'll be good for him. And and who knows how the situation is going to play out with Kevin Hogan, you know, a guy that is he's been a veteran for a couple years now, and he's been a pro. He kind of knows how the whole logistics thing, he's going to be very instrumental, in my opinion, and Drew Locke and Brett Rippon as well compared to Joe Flacco. But I highly doubt that Kevin Hogan will be on the Broncos roster next season. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up here in segment number three. But before we get to that, I got to tell you about our other sponsor of today's show, and that's our good friends over there, Body Armor Sports Drink. And this month at King Supers, you can try the Body Armor Sport Cap Sport Water for only 99 cents. Now, this is superior hydration. It is absolutely fantastic. It keeps me going throughout the day. We talk about the sports drink. That's really good. But the Sport Cap Sport Water is amazing. And they're getting you a great deal at your local King Supers where you can big. It's a big, big bottle, too, where you can get it for only 99 cents. So go to your local King Supers. Check them out today. Superior hydration. It keeps you going throughout the day. As we get closer to the summer, the heat is blazing. I know I'm going with it every single day. The potassium-based electrolytes that fuel you by using the coconut water helps keep you in the game every single day. So Body Armor Sports Drink Light is also the first ever naturally flavored low-calorie sports drink on the entire market. And you can try the coconut light, which has become one of my new favorites. I'll take a picture on Twitter, at Cody NFL. I'll post a picture of it, and you need to go out and you need to find it. The light product is so good compared to all the other sports drinks on the market, and that's why I go to Body Armor Sports Drink every single day. Now, as we dive into our final segment on today's episode of Locked On Broncos, we're going to kind of talk about maybe our projections or expectations for all the quarterbacks in the quarterback room. Now, with Coach Scangerello, we know he has an eye for quarterback talent. We saw Nick Bowens, a guy that nobody heard of at all until Thursday night football, where he lit up the Oakland Raiders completely. I mean, it shocked everybody. I think the NFL world was shocked. They're like, wow, who is this guy? And where did he come from? Because, look, they just lost Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were having some troubles with C.J. Beathard, and and now all of a sudden... you know, you have a guy like Nick Mullins coming in, lighting it up for three touchdowns. And, and this guy was impressive. And he lit up the Broncos secondary as well. And, and you know, last year we had Will Parks on the show for his Keeping It Will segment. And he said, anytime you're going against a young quarterback, you got to realize that they're in the National Football League. It doesn't matter, you know, how long they've been in there. They have an opportunity to kind of light it up a little bit. And, and Will Parks came into that game, you know, talking to us about, look, you know, we're not overlooking a quarterback of this talent. And rightfully so. I'm glad they didn't because he absolutely lit up the second completely and it was it was rough giving up you know over 200 yards receiving to George Kittle in the first half you know luckily the Broncos turned it around the second half but offensively couldn't get it going and their, their defense was much better in half number two but they just couldn't get any offensive flow at all Isaac Adam played really injured in that game and that's one reason why I know we're excited we talked about him yesterday we're really excited for him in 2019 but you know taking a look at this quarterback room right now it's much different than it was last year and heck even in week 17 Cam remember when Case Keenum and Broncos fans were just done with Case Keenum because of his struggles because of just how inconsistent he was going back to the Monday night football game on Christmas Eve and then the Chargers game I mean Broncos fans were actually calling for Kevin Hogan to start week 17 against the Chargers and now it just doesn't seem completely like that dynamic at all the additions of Joe Flacco you have Drew Locke now a guy you drafted in round number two Kevin Hogan as a backup Brett Rippon a guy you got late as an undrafted guy that could potentially be Drew Locke's backup in the future 
when you have guys that can develop like that, I think the Broncos can be well off if they do the right things. And it all depends on development and willingness to learn. And the Broncos want to avoid. I mean, we see it every year. NFL teams go into camp and they look at some of the rookie guys they picked up and sometimes they're like, wow, did we really draft this guy? I don't think the Broncos are going to get that vibe with Drew Locke. And, you know, unfortunately for them, I mean, it just never panned out with Paxton Lynch. But Paxton Lynch, in my opinion, was one of the biggest reaches that the Broncos have ever done in their history of maybe even going for a quarterback. It was a tremendous reach. They would have been better off with the seventh-round guy maybe playing than Paxton Lynch, which is unfortunate. But the Broncos don't have that dilemma now, Cam. So taking a look at Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and Kevin Hogan, what are some of your projections for how the quarterback room is going to shake out? The Broncos won't keep four quarterbacks on the active roster. More than likely, we will see one of them cut and you know based on how I'm looking at it based on the contract and that the Broncos had get you know they gave Brett Rippon one of the highest undrafted free agent contracts you could possibly get a six-figure deal I don't I just think that Kevin Hogan's days are numbered in a Broncos uniform unless he's a practice squad guy yeah I, it's really hard for me to envision Kevin Hogan being on the the roster maybe even I it just depends on how training camp shakes out I mean we very well might be going into three quarterbacks on the 53 man roster, or they put Brett Rippon on the practice squad initially and just keep him there, block him. And, and but I mean, then again, you paid him so much amount of money. Let's just keep him on the 53 man roster so that no one poaches him off of that practice squad. I, I think ultimately they do keep three quarterbacks and they have three quarterbacks on their roster. And so we're, I think we will see the first season in quite some time, Cody, I, I actually believe, if I remember right, it's been a very long time since the Broncos have had, at least to begin a season, three quarterbacks on their starting roster. I mean, because they usually, at least by by what they would want to do, is start with two quarterbacks. Well, this year, it seems like they are going completely against that narrative, and they want about as much competition in that quarterback room as they can handle. And... Frankly, it's a breath of it's a breath of fresh air, and it's something that you and I talked about last last segment. But in regards to what the future certainly holds, I think ideally, ideally, the Broncos want a successful season for Joe Flacco, maybe maybe two. And I think after that, it all just depends on where the development is with Drew Locke. If, if in a perfect world it ends up like a Patrick Mahomes second round pick situation where the Denver Broncos see quite a lot of production and and strong development from Drew Locke, who happens, by the way, who happens to be putting in work in already in the training room to get himself adjusted to the altitude and, and everything that the, the, the Denver has to offer, that's certainly a great sign. And if, if that's certainly a sign of things to come, then – we're, we're heading in the right direction with Locke as that potential guy. And then as far as Brett Rippon, I, I just think that, you know, you're, you're still looking at a guy that will either dangle himself as a potential starter down the line or maybe even a just a valuable depth piece that might have, might be like a Nick Foles was with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles. But ideally, I, if I'm looking at a situation right now and into the future, we very well might have a San Francisco 49ers situation going on where you have C.J. Beathard who came in and, and won some games for the San Francisco 49ers. He was not flashy, but, I mean, then again, you're, you're looking at a guy that was capable, won games, and Brett Rippon can be that guy. He's a capable starter. I think Beathard is a capable starter. So 
and I, he's clearly better than, than Beathard, in my opinion. I think ultimately you're looking at two guys, Locke and Rippon, for the future. Yeah, I sure as hell hope not. It might, I don't know. This is just my estimation. I think the Broncos need to really take a strong look at if they develop Brett Rippon to be a very, very solidified backup. He could be used later on down the road, maybe not this year, not next year, maybe two, three or four years from now, could be an option the Broncos trade for a mid rounder. I mean, also, if they do see a lot of development coming from Drew Locke during this year, after this year, and if they feel like they want to part ways with Joe Flacco, they have the opportunity to do so. I mean, hell, even they could even trade Joe Flacco to some team for another pick. I mean, it just depends. Every team has these needs every single year where they need a quarterback. And well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing too, but the, the biggest thing that I look at with Joe Flacco is the Broncos brought him in under the expectation, look, they wanted to get whatever they can out of him, and almost like that. Uh, you know, if you get go to a, a Mexican restaurant right, and you order, you know, real carne asada tacos, they give you the limes, right, to squeeze the juice on there. It's almost like that. You want to squeeze all the juice out of that lime onto your carne asada, and that's what the Broncos want to do with Joe Flacco, and now all of a sudden I'm hungry for tacos, but that's another story for another day, but here's the deal. If, if Joe Flacco comes in plays really well that's great and if he struggles you know what let him struggle and let the Broncos go with it and grow through it because that's the number one thing that will help Drew Locke whenever he takes over the pressure the crowd chanting for Locke right away in year one I'm telling you that will do nothing but cause a lot of anxiety not only for maybe the fan base but also what good is it going to do if it halts the development of that quarterback and that's the number one thing I don't think a lot of Broncos fans really understand and I hope that they can get to that because I've started to come to terms with that as well and I looked at the Joe Flacco thing. I looked at Drew Locke and I thought to myself, well, here's the deal. Okay, if Drew Locke doesn't play in year one, that's not a bad thing. And I've been very vocal about this since. If Joe Flacco comes in, lights it up, great. If he can play really good this year, great. If he can play good another year, great. You have more time to develop a quarterback of the future. And if you want that guy to last and be that quarterback of the future for the next 10 to 15 years, guess what? You can't throw him in when he's not ready because that can destroy his confidence, can destroy everything. Look exactly what happened with the Browns with you know Brady Quinn at one point. He was supposed to be the future of their franchise. They threw him in way too early and he got destroyed. I mean, his first ever game was against the Denver Broncos Thursday night football. Brandon Marshall, bam, we saw him try to pull out the little celebration. Brandon Stokely, luckily, was one of those guys that said, hey, don't do that. Or it was Tony Scheffler was one of the other guys. But yeah, so that, that was kind of my whole thinking on that. And I think that Broncos fans need to take it really, really patiently. Yeah, they do. And I, I, that was my and my, my whole point was that they, they just have a lot of options right now. And they could. I, I think that certainly is an option on the table, even with Rippon is if he performs at a very high level it will t- it will it's a, it's it shows you the confidence that they will have in Locke if they end up flipping Rippin for for something else or maybe even a Joe Flacco for that matter with just showing the confidence but it we're, we're if we're looking into the future though I clearly I think they do view Locke as the guy and but the fact that it's a healthy competition between Brett Rippin and and Drew Locke is a good thing for for, for both Brett Rippon's development and Drew Locke's development. And I, I think Locke is obviously the guy, but still the fact that Brett Rippon was, was one of those reasons. And look, I, I understand the arguments that people want to throw on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure you, you've seen them, Cody. Well, there was a reason why 31 other teams passed on him. Well, sure. But at the same time, it also is how the board falls. Am I right? No, and I mean, how many teams at so, that point needed a quarterback? Not that many. Right. And and so ultimately, there, there really wasn't a whole lot. We all know that 
while Brett Rippon wasn't, or even some other guys probably weren't all that heralded as far as prospects, developmental guys. So why not maybe, I don't know, get a much lesser deal than what it would be as a draft pick. And I, so, I mean, I, I, I understand the argument 31 other teams passed on him. There's a reason, but at the same time, it wasn't just 31 other teams. It was the 32 other teams. And then that other, that 31 team or that one team took a chance on him. It's the Philip Lindsay argument. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just, I know one or four, three, the fan, they're already talking about, you know, maybe quarterback controversy and we're not even there. They refuse to talk all sports and really want to give a shout out to our good friends over there. Locked on nuggets, the Denver nuggets playing really good basketball, you know, after that fourth overtime loss, you know, a lot of people, and even myself, you know, I just kind of thought doom and gloom, like, wow, you know, they just, they had all these opportunities to win. They just couldn't put it away and they didn't do it. Well, I just have a hard time if they don't come out in game four, if they don't win this game, then, you know, more than likely the series is over. Well, the nuggets really responded they came out with a huge win on the road at Portland and you know Jamal Murray stuffing it on Ennis Cantor thankfully you know we haven't seen any uh, Twitter posts by him since uh, Nikola Jokic bodied him for another triple double and so tonight the Nuggets they host the Trailblazers at the can so guess what get there pack the can be loud it's going to be a huge atmosphere the Nuggets have a chance to take a 3-2 series lead if they win tonight and they can't do it without your support if you're in Denver go to the can dang it and support them and hopefully we can get tacos I think I'm going to go right now and go get some tacos since we were talking about that with Joe Flacco. So now if you guys ever hear me talk about Joe Flacco and tacos, they're kind of related in a sense. And now for that, I am hungry and we'll leave you guys with this episode of Lockdown Bronx. So Broncos country, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Don't forget to share the show, share the episode with your friends, your followers on Twitter and all your social media. It would mean the world to us as well. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos. This is Cody speaking for my co-host Cameron. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of the show.